Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Something on TV last night? The hockey game, man, the Rangers, they got to they gotta get it together, man. What happened there? Tampa looks great. Tampa looks amazing. I don't know if you caught the game last night. A lot happened yesterday. There was another thing on, too. Primetime went wall-to-wall, as they call it in the business, with the January 6th insurrection. It's back. It's back. Now, there's something I neglected to mention about the January 6th hearings, but it is on a very serious note. One of the most critical components of what the left is really doing with the January 6th thing, and it's going to involve how this fight is coming to your door. Don't miss today's show. It is, I, I, I'm almost regret this being on a Friday because the audience, some of them you won't hear until Monday. This is going to be an important show today. You don't like big tech and government spying on what you do online? I don't either. Get a VPN. Get the one I have. ExpressVPN.com slash Bongino. Go today. Pick it up. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let me get right to it. I've got that. I've got Peggy Noonan from the Wall Street Journal confirming what I've said about uh, stupid smart people. The latest inflation number, which, of course, was horrendous because we can uh, we can LGB. Let's go, Brandon. And a lot more questions. The questions today are the best, too. The questions you sent in today are fantastic. They're all over the map, but they're very good. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe, it's Friday, so let's go. It's Friday! Yes, sir, it is. We love Friday. I got a big weekend planned if the weather holds out. My man! It was an interesting night last night in the Bongino household. We uh, watched the Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, man, they look look really good right now. I'm a little... uh, I'm 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 impressed. The goal. The, you guys have been watching a playoff hockey. There's something else on again, as I said last night. Eh. The Democrats. The, the the insurrection is back, folks. It's back. Uh, last night again. There's no new information whatsoever that came out. Uh, everything we knew about January sixth on January sixth, we know now. Um, what is the purpose of this? Well, there are a couple purposes. Not to relitigate old shows. But I said to you, there are two purposes. Uh, One of them is to distract you and interfere in the 2022 election. The other one, obviously, is to keep Donald Trump from running. Um, These are all, there's a number of reasons they're doing this right now. Distraction being the primary mechanism. Also, one of the other things they want to do is they want to mess with the electoral college and elect people by direct democracy, a popular vote, which would be a total, complete disaster and would be the end of the country as we know it. Can you imagine a presidential election coming down to um, people in California who can't even get their elections together now and a bunch of ballot harvesters? Oh, how many votes do we need, Joe, to get the president elected? 10,000? 10,000. Hold on. Here it comes. Ordering up 10,000. I guess it's like an app for that. So can you imagine? That's why they want a direct democracy and not a representative democracy like we have with the Electoral College. So that's the real purpose of this, to keep Donald Trump from running, too. It's also why I'm so disgusted 
with Liz Cheney. Uh, why not Adam Kinzinger? Because Adam Kinzinger is not a Republican. Adam Kinzinger has always been a Democrat. He's a goon. He's a coward and a chump and a goofball. Adam Kinzinger is known by colleagues up there who've winked and nodded at him forever because he was a useful idiot for them. We should have kicked this idiot out of the party a long time ago. I'm nothing surprising with Kinzinger. Cheney actually pretends to be a conservative and is playing along with this liberal agenda to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. That's what this is about. But there's another purpose to this I'm going to go through today and make the case. You know what it is? They need to shift media attention to a new boogeyman in light of the Roe uh, decision falling soon, which may turn abortion back to the states where it should be. They need a new boogeyman to attack Roe. And Joe, racial politics aren't going to work. You know, that's always their mechanism to attack anything. Tax cuts, rich people are getting over on the minorities. We got to protect them. School choice, you're pulling money out of public schools, hurting the minorities. Healthcare, minorities don't have, we got to govern it. It's always a racial angle. Did you notice that? It's not going to work for abortion. And you guys know why? Why is is that racial angle not going to work particularly well for abortion? Because black babies are aborted at a proportionally higher rate than white ones are. So it's going to be hard to kind of pitch how you're saving black lives while killing black lives. You get? So they need a new angle. What does this have to do with the January 6th commission? Put up this uh, religiousnews.com article. The new boogeyman, folks. Wait for it. Christian nationalism. You know, those pro-life Christian. There you go, Joe. Get to lock them up. Lock them up, those evil Christians. Religious news that religiousnews.com, hilariously named. January 6th committee must address Christian nationalism. Oh, man. Did you notice? I didn't see a lot of us. Again, I seriously, I was watching the hockey game last night um, because there's nothing new. I knew this again, but I did see some of the highlights. You notice the attention on that Christian nationalism? Hmm. So conveniently timed. Do you think the Democrats do anything by accident, folks? Do you think the Democrats shift from uh, identity politics, focus on race? You're a racist. Do you think their shift from that to those evil Christians are coming for you? You think it's by accident, fellas? You think it's by accident? Anyone? Nah. Anyone? Gee, accident? No. For you, just an accident, Joe? No, 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 it's not. No. Don't you find it interesting as the word leaked out from the Supreme Court that Roe may be overturned? and that abortion would be turned back to the states. Don't you guys find it fascinating that all of a sudden the left started freaking out about their new boogeyman, Christian nationalism? If you think that was all an accident, again, I've got a bridge here in Martin County, Florida to sell you on the stupid cheap. Now, let me make the case for you. Because I've been watching this shift since the row leak and what spurred me on. I want to do a Fox special about this, by the way. Maybe a special show on the July 4th weekend, the war on Christians now. Nothing they do is by accident. This fight is coming to your door. Get the Christians is coming next. Get those Christians. Let's make the case. And I want you to pay very close attention to the dates on this. A lot of these dates are in and around or right around the time the Roe decision that's coming up leaked. Here's Politico about the gubernatorial nominee for the Republicans, the GOP nominee in Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano. Headline, comes across as a cult guy, the Pennsylvania candidate, freaking out both the left and the right. Nobody's freaking out. Politico's freaking out. That's why they're called Bolchiko, with a hit in the middle. Listen to this line. 
Mastriano represents a growing style of politics. We don't have a common name for yet, Joe. Journalists and journalists, <laughs> journalists in Pennsylvania and elsewhere have called it Christian nationalism, a worldview shaped by the fusion of Christian messaging and American identity. <laughs> wait, wait, don't, don't, don't take that on the screen. <laughs> they can't figure out a name for it as they actually name it Christian nationalism. This is maybe the most poorly worded paragraph by David Sitters or Siders or whatever in the history of air quotes journalism. Journalists have called it Christian nationalism, although we can't find a name. You just gave it a name, you idiot. And then they go, it's a worldview shaped by the fusion of Christian messaging and American identity. In other words, Joe, Americans who are, who are Christians. Oh my, what, what are we going to do? Get that Mastriano out of there. Get him a, a Christian message. Who's an American man. We need a label for that. Yeah. We have one. They're called Christians who are Americans. <laughs> you think this is by mistake? Listen, I kid. But I'm not kidding. This fight's coming to your door. Make no mistake. This fight is coming to your door. They will attack me for exposing their little plan today on this show. But this is what I live to do. Expose these idiots. You may say, oh, come on, Dan. That's one article. It's just Politico. The new boogeyman are going to be Christians. Get the Christians. That's just one thing. No, no, there's more. There's a lot more. I got a big case to make for you today. New York Magazine, Sarah Jones, white Christian nationalism is a fundamental threat to democracy, folks. June 4th, 2022. They added white on. Wrote. But that, they, yeah. You got to throw that in there, yeah. too. You got to throw that as if there's no Hispanic or black Christians. Maybe they should go out and actually talk to some minority voters. White Christians. You got to mix that in there. You got to give it a little bit of a racial flavor here, yeah. you know? But remember, it's the Christian part. This is all a blending of all of their identity politics warfare. They need a new boogeyman. And the Christian part is the new Angleruski. They need an angle because they have to attack on the row front. And what is going to come next is keep your Bible off my uterus. The Christians did it to us. Everything is a threat. You're right. Everything is a threat to them. Everything. Everything they don't like is a threat to democracy, right? Everything. All right, Dan, that's just a couple of articles. Three. Now, here's another one. The left's favorite go-to hysteria conspiracy site, MSDNC. Here's their verified Twitter account. It's becoming increasingly clear that the United States is under siege, Joe, by Christian fundamentalists and traditionalists. Oh. Everywhere. Oh. Siege. It's like castles from Lord of the Rings, the, the ogres or whatever those things are, <laughs> shooting flaming arrows over the walls, it's everywhere. Get, get it, go outside, they're out in front of my door. It's Christian fundamentalists right now. Kick them out. Hold on, I got my security camera. Yes, get them out. Call the police. Get them out of here. <laughs> Christian fundamentalists everywhere. I don't know about you, but Joe sings in his church. Joe is a Christian. He's yeah. one of these deadly threats to democracy. I don't know about you, but Joe is terrified in that church all the time. I He's am. under siege. Joe goes to that church and he prays. Please, God, save me from these fundamentalists. There's such a danger to my individual liberty and freedom. He's terrified. He comes back on Monday. Thank God I made it out of there. So dangerous. <laughs> now, folks, this is the January 6th. You, you see the nexus to all of this? Trump, January 6th, 
New label for identity politics. Roe, you see how this is all tying together? The left always needs a boogeyman, as Guy just said. Everything is a threat to democracy. If it's a threat to democracy, what does that mean? It doesn't mean we use the election system to get rid of them, right? It means we use any means necessary to get rid of them. Censorship, violence, whatever. Whatever. You get it? You dig? Elections aren't good enough to get rid of an existential threat to democracy like those Christians. Here's another guy calling for a fight here. He's a Texas activist out in Texas. Texas abortion is a big issue in Texas where you got a lot of Christians out there. Got a lot of evangelical churches in Texas, too. Here's this Texas activist calling for, I got a fight with those Christian nationalists. Here, check this out. If you follow me on Twitter or on Facebook, I tend to sign off a lot of the posts about Christian nationalism with see it, name it, fight it. I mean, that's honestly what we have to do. Um, And there's too many folks who see it and they don't really want to rock the boat. They don't want to bring it up saying Christian anything that's taken as a negative is a third rail for a lot of folks. We've got to get past it. Um, It's the only way we're going to be able to address it. So see it, name it, fight it. See it, name it, fight it. See how they love their labels? White Christian nationalism. This fight's coming to your door, folks. I have warned you repeatedly. It's why I'm public enemy number one to the left. And believe me, I don't say that out of any sense of self-praise. It's exhausting. I'm going through this fight again this morning. These people never, ever let up. I am, I am in so deep in this fight right now. It's why they come after me endlessly day after day after day. Because I see around their corners and I expose what they're doing and they don't want you to know what they're doing. You know, one of our regular listeners who's been with me a long time, this guy Mitchell, sends articles once in a while that are very good. And this is what kind of spurred me to talk about this today. I was kind of holding off on this topic for a special I wanted to do about the war on Christians and Christian nationalism. I I use air quotes because I'm not really talking about Christians. This has nothing to do with Christians, folks. Just like their their charges of racism the conservatives have nothing to do with actual racism they have everything to do with creating an existential threat so that the left will be motivated by any means necessary to stop those evil conservatives and get forfeit the emergency breaks on their behavior any emergency break well we don't believe in censorship or violence they need that gone that's why they do this there's an excellent excellent piece in tablet mag by uh, Duncan uh, Monch. I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong. I'm not B. Duncan Monch. Sounds like he sounds very smart. It's a big name. Um, I'm messing with you, Duncan. Of course, it's a great piece. I love it. This will be in my newsletter today. It's it's a little long, but man, is it worth your time? It'll be at Bongino.com/newsletter. It discusses exactly this: how the left isn't interested in an election fight. They're interested in totalitarian authoritarianism and crushing you via censorship, violence. It doesn't matter. Abusing the process of the courts. The piece is called Roe and the Fable of Progressive Neoliberalism. Now, there's two screenshots from this piece, but they are critical. The first screenshot from this piece, a little long, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it talks about how George McGovern uh, the Democrat, the far left radical Democrat, when he got smoked by Nixon, the Republican, he wasn't really a puppet. You get the point. The Republican in name only. But when he got smoked in one of the biggest landslides in presidential election history, 
the left, the hippies who supported McGovern, the leftists who are now, you know, 70 and 80 years old up in Congress right now and in our academia and, uh, and our, uh, you know, some of the people in the entertainment industry, right? Those same people. When they got annihilated by Nixon via McGovern, their chosen candidate, they realized they had a problem. As the tablet mag piece says, they realized that there was no point in ever trying to engage with the Rust Belt, Germanic, class-oriented political culture or the unrefined traditionalism of the evangelical South. Keep that up a second. Let me just simplify that for you. The hippies lost to Nixon and they said, ah, screw those Walmart smellies down South. We don't need to go. Well, forget trying to convince them of anything. It goes on. Rather than convince them, they note, quote, Better to hire armies of highly educated attorneys to work their magic through the justice system and avoid the difficulties of the legislative process entirely than to reach out to the Hicks. Southern and middle American plebes would complain, of course, but the supposedly favorable demographic changes brought on by immigration would provide an out in the not so distant future. All progressives needed to do was run out the clock while awaiting their final victory. Show's over. Kidding, of course. I could stop it right there. I could stop the show permanently. And that is probably the single greatest paragraph I have read in a long time by Duncan Munch. The left got smoked. The left understands that telling people to forfeit more of their money over, telling people they're racist, sexualizing kindergartners, telling people that their health care should be rationed by government bureaucrats, and telling people to send their kids to crappy public schools is never, ever going to win votes. They know that. So they figured, screw the votes. We'll just start suing in the courts and we'll get, we'll get our rights, rights with air quotes, of course, our little R rights, we'll get them through the courts. The right to kill babies, all that stuff, you know, that's in the Constitution somewhere, right? Yeah, and that's a big no. It's a big no-ski. That was in a right, little R, invented by the courts. You notice how he ties it into the left's love affair, the left's love affair with replacement theory too. The left figure through demographics, they talk about it all the time. It is a leftist theory. The replacement theory, which isn't working out for them because immigrants now who are now American citizens who may have had Origins in a Central or South American country are starting to vote Republican and their whole plan is falling apart. Folks, do you get what he's saying? If I'm not explaining this well, stop me instantly. The left figured they can sue their way to little R rights, abortion, all that other crap. They'll never win nationwide. They waited out. Replacement theory is they're in love with. They figure demographic trends, which they talk about all the time, would lead them and provide and all they had to do is wait out the clock until they can change the country with their, their replace. It's not ours. It's their thing. They literally wrote articles about it called, we can replace them. Dick Durbin talking about demographic changes. That's their thing. Yeah, we got it. We got it. That's that uh, Soros push for all those attorney generals, right? That, yeah. And create chaos in the streets and the yeah. process through all the Soros DAs. By the way, I have a whole yeah. segment on Soros on my Fox show Saturday at nine o'clock. Whole segment with Matt Palumbo, who wrote a book on it. Yeah, that's, that's airing. Here's part two. More than that, the overturning of Roe will reanimate progressive neoliberalism and its central artifice. So long as we don't have abortion rights for everyone, 
Everywhere, there's simply no time to focus on luxury concerns like economic reforms that might benefit working families. This piece just completely nails it. Now that Roe looks like it's going to be overturned, we don't have the final uh, decision yet, but it looks highly likely that's going to happen. You understand how now this fight is going to wind up on your door everywhere? If abortion isn't legal and practiced everywhere in the country, Mississippi, Wyoming, conservative states, North Dakota, South Dakota, you are not safe anywhere. You are not safe anywhere. Now do you see why all these articles turn the tide to the danger of those dangerous Christians as a threat to democracy? Folks, this fight is going to happen at every single door. Bank on it. All right, take a quick break. I want to get to that. I want to show you on the other side how, again, these people, the people pushing replacement theory, the leftists, are also pushing the danger of religious Christian fundamentalists are actually the people pushing these things themselves. I got some fantastic video of Mehdi Hassan, an MSNBC host who remarkably still has a job. You'll see what I mean in a second. Uh, today's show brought to you by my good friends. This is my original sponsor and with me from the beginning. Brickhouse Nutrition. This is a staple of my diet. I don't go anywhere without it. I take it on the road. I take it everywhere. It's called Field of Greens. It's absolutely delicious. And it's, this is organic, healthy fruits and vegetables. It's not an extract. It's not some pill. This is ground up, fresh, wholesome fruits and vegetables you need to power your body. Ground up into a fine tasting powder. One scoop once per day changed my life. It's that simple. Field of Greens is packed with 18 organic fruits and vegetables. Look at on the back, nutrition facts. There it is. Doesn't say supplement facts, it says nutrition facts. It lays out the beauty of this product. I know you love it. I love it too. I take it twice a day. I am addicted to it. I have been for a long time. You put a scoop in a glass of water, protein shake, green tea, V8, whatever you want to put it in. Drink it. It is. It, studies show eating a healthy diet can support your immune system, heart health, metabolism, blood pressure, and digestion. It's the foundation you need to live a healthy life. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan and get 15% your first, off your first order with the promo code Dan. Folks, don't wait. Your health is too important. BrickHouse has a whole line of products scientifically designed to help you live better, uh, live a better, healthier, active life. Start a new, terrific, life-changing habit today. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan, BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan, and pick this up. Uh, use promo code Dan. Feel the greens. The lemon lime is delicious. The wild berry is delicious. Folks, you know how much uh, health and fitness mean to me. Candidly, I'd love to do a podcast on only health and fitness if I had the time. It means that much to me. Okay, getting back to the show. So again, January 6th, the hearing provides a perfect opportunity to do all those things I told you about, attack our election system, push for a chaotic direct democracy, get Donald Trump off the ballot, distract from inflation, but it also flips the script and focuses on a new boogeyman, the dangerous Christians, which is conveniently timed right in the wake of what happened with the row leak. Look at what the Christians are doing to you women. Those Christians are taking away all your rights. The Christians are in your womb. Christian nationalists, and just conveniently, all these articles, Christian nationalists, Christian existential threat, deadly threat to democracy. 
Here's Mehdi Hassan, this guy commenting on fundamentalism in religion. It's got to be one of the most tragically ironic things I have ever seen. For some bizarre reason, this guy has a show on MSNBC. I'm not sure who watches it because I've never seen this guy, uh, never seen his ratings ever. But here's Mehdi Hassan talking about the threat. He ties it all together for us. Christian nationalists, there's so much trouble. And by the way, notice, notice, I end this, I'd end it at this point for a reason. Notice at the end, he wraps it up, Joe. And by the way, they support Donald Trump. So now they're super dangerous. Here, check this out. This particular strain of hate-filled, fear-driven ideology, a subset coming out of the larger white evangelical Protestant community in America, has in recent decades locked arms with the broader conservative movement in America. It's a match made in a weird sort of political heaven. White evangelicals have become the constituent backbone of the Republican Party, making up over a third of Donald Trump voters in 2020. In fact, according to Pew, Trump grew their support. Trump's support among white evangelicals jumped from 77% in 2016 to 84% in 2020. Ties it all together for you, folks. There's MSNBC. The danger and the threat. Christians. Dangerous religious fundamentalists. Dangerous religious fundamentalists. Uh, this is the same guy. This is bad audio, but uh, this is Mehdi Hassan. He's about to apologize for this later. Talking about non-believers and the Quran and discussing them as cattle. It's the same guy, Joe. Same guy. Deadly Christian fundamentalist. This sounds kind of weird to me. Here, check this out. Same guy. And of course, the gossip, the disbelievers, the atheists who remain deaf and sullen to the teachings of Islam, the rational message of the Quran. They are described in the Quran as, quote, a people of no intelligence, Allah said to us. Not of no morality, not of no belief, a people of no intelligence. Because they are incapable of the intellectual effort it requires to shake off those blind prejudices, to shake off those easy assumptions about this world, about the existence of God. In this respect, the Quran describes the atheists as cattle. As cattle of those who go with the cross. And do not stop and wonder about this world. Cattle, man. Wow, that's kind of rough. Yeah. It's religious fundamentalists. There's real trouble there, huh? Yeah. It's a per- perfect, uh, perfect guy to critique religious fundamentalism or his version of it, right? Hard pass, uh, Matty. Thanks. You, you're perfectly suited for MSNBC, where, thank the Lord, nobody actually watches that station outside of like the Rachel Maddow show. Uh, that's your. Just please, just stay there. Now, folks, the stupid smart people, they look down at you. It's a, been an a evergreen theme of my show for a long time. You know, if I, there's a couple of things I'd like you to tattoo on your brain. I call them like the golden rules of the show. You've heard them all before. Um, another one I've added recently is that the most dangerous people on planet Earth are stupid smart people. They're not stupid, stupid people because stupid, stupid people know the limits of their knowledge and they don't get out of their wheelhouse. They share the same characteristic with smart, smart people. Smart, smart people are smart enough to know the limits of their knowledge too. Smart brain surgeons don't go to work on your car's computer because they have no expertise at all, but they're smart. But they're not smart in car computers, they're smart in brain surgery. Stupid, smart people who don't understand what they don't understand are the most dangerous people on planet Earth and always have been because they tinker with things they don't understand. Now, to be clear, 
the swampy Republicans are populated with stupid, smart people, too. We have the, you know, Mitt Romney's of the world, very smart and very stupid at the same time, right? We have them, too. But the most dangerous, stupid, smart people are the liberals who want to tinker with every single component of your life. Again, that Kirkpatrick piece I discussed yesterday, how right wing, what they call right wing totalitarians are obsessed with. They're all dangerous, obsessed with power. But left wing authoritarians are obsessed with control, even what they call the rhythms of life. They need to get their hands in everything. That is the existential threat and the real one of leftist, stupid, smart people who want to tinker with every single component of your life, your school, healthcare, your wallet, all of it. It is dangerous. The stupid, smart people despise you. They look down on you. Read Fred Siegel's book, Revolt Against the Masses. If you want a Andrew Wilkow, and I love this book, it is a longitudinal history of the socialist left's generational war against the middle class, against the middle class. Fact. They see themselves as benighted smart people with no skills at all, but they're, they're the smart ones because they're liberals. They have no actual life skills at all. It's the snowflake in his mom's basement with the hot pocket on Twitter who thinks you're the idiot, the carpenter, and he's smart, and you should listen to him. They hate you. They can't stand you. They've called you deplorables, smelly Walmart people. They cannot stand you. These are the stupid, smart people. Now, Peggy Noonan, who, again, we disagree on a lot, but I enjoy her writing. She probably doesn't enjoy mine. It's okay. I have an open mind about stuff. Peggy Noonan summed this up beautifully in an op-ed she wrote yesterday, The Boiling Over of America. She's talking about progressive, stupid, smart people. She uses a little bit different words, but it's the exact same sentiment. These are the people looking down on you smelly Walmart Christians, white Christian nationalist church-going losers. These are the people. She says, quote, a final characteristic of progressive politicians is that they tend to be high IQ, stupid people. Sound familiar, Joe? They are bright and well-educated, but they can't comprehend the implications of policy. They don't understand that if an 18-year-old is repeatedly arrested for assaulting people on the street and repeatedly let go, that his thought may not be to go in the direction of what a gracious and merciful society I live in. I will do more to live up to it. It's more likely he'll think, I can assault anyone and get away with it. They're afraid of me. Bingo, Pegs! Nailed it! I enjoy Peggy Newton's right. A lot. Again, even though we disagree. And we come from two completely different spaces in the Republican Party. But I have a pretty open mind about this stuff. We disagree on red flag laws. We disagree. And I've stated why. I don't want to relitigate that. I had the show the other day. I I read her stuff, though. And I find some of it very compelling. But let me tell you something. She just nailed it about stupid, smart people. These are people who got a degree in economics from Harvard who tell the carpenter what's best for his carpentry business, yet have never made a table their entire life. That's the left. And the danger is they want to control all the rhythms of life, even yours. All right, um, let me get to my next sponsor. I want to shift a bit because this is all about a distraction too. It's not just moving you to the new boogeyman, the Christians in light of row, the smelly Christians, the stupid smart people trying to target the Christians. It's also about a distraction from this just disastrous economy. The inflation number came out year over year today. It was even worse than we thought. This is how bad things are getting. Let me get to this first. 
If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Folks, tying this all together. As I said, this is all a distraction. Here's the new boogeyman, the Christians. Donald Trump can't run again. Get rid of the Electoral College. Do you notice none of this has anything to actually do with what happened on January 6th? None of it. I could, Joe, I don't know about you, but I could tell, I saw the opening uh, Benny Thompson did, the far left radical election denier who's, yes, I said that right, election denier, who's challenged repeatedly elections in the past, who's running this committee. He opens up the hearing, making an analogy to slavery and the Ku Klux Klan. I was like, okay, I'm out. Thanks. See you later. Have fun. Back to the, back to the hockey game. It's all a distraction. Why? Even Axios, again, left wing, not as left wing as Politico, but getting there quickly. They have an email list in the morning. You can always tell what the left is thinking. What are they trying to distract you from? Well, folks, I don't know if you noticed this, but whereas January 6th had no effect on your life whatsoever, there's a pretty strong chance what I just told you is true, right? Gas prices are kicking you in the jimmy every single day. What did you, Justin, what did you say? You have a Civic? What was it? How much? How much? <laughs> For, I'm not, that's not funny, folks. I just, I can't believe it. I don't know if I'll laugh or cry. Really, it's like when I go get blood taken. I laugh because I'm so terrified of the needle. $45 for three quarters of a tank in a Civic. And by the way, that wasn't 93, right? It was like 87 or something. You didn't go with the high end gas, right? <laughs> he said, quote, worst gas ever. There you go, folks. Axios, one big thing, a fiver. What do they mean, a fiver? Well, gas prices, folks, are about a cent shy of the never-before-seen national average level of $5 a gallon. And it's unclear how Americans in the economy will react. Oh, I can tell you how politicians will react. You'll see January 6th, the insurrection, going on and on and on. The Christians, the Christians are coming for the gas pumps, too. Christians run those gas stations. They know why it matters. Prices at the pump play an outsized role in the minds of Americans. Notice how they blame it on you, Joe. You crazy, but it's in your minds. No, no, it's real. Justin actually paid 45. It's not in his mind. He paid $45. He actually paid it. I know that because he's not lying. Here, they go on in the Axios piece. Not just the fiver, $5 gallon gas. It's inflation too. Inflation's on the mind. You guys got the other screenshot there? Inflation. Justin's so concerned about his $45 gas, he forgot to trip the next screenshot. What's happening, they know. Is Axios again? He is. He's like, I can't believe I paid $45. Okay, good. Get to the next screenshot. What's happening? The surge in prices above a never-before-seen big round number will only make inflation a more central issue. Now, the number came out this morning. Let's look. Breaking news. Wall Street Journal. U.S. inflation reached a new four-decade high of 8.6% in May. Let's, 
LGB cowbell. There it is. Thank you. Let's go, Brandon. Now you see why the January 6th committee and the evil Christians are on everybody's mind. The Christians are doing it. 8.6% inflation. Think about that. You're talking about prices uh, more than doubling in about 10 years. Doubling. You're paying 30 grand for a car, 60. Good luck with that. It's going to work out great. I warned you. I warned you. I got great questions today and I got a lot uh, coming up. Let me get to this next though. Um, the Kavanaugh thing has me very concerned. When I say the Kavanaugh thing, I talk about the attempted murder of Brett Kavanaugh by a lunatic. Look at this, the market down 500, of course, after the inflation number popped. But folks, these people on the left, they're obsessed with distractions and narratives. Now, a narrative they don't like is that the left is violent. I want you to follow me here again. I, 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 want, to, I, I want to make sure you understand this. The narrative the left prefers in the media, and that's why they love January 6th too. It shows all tied together today is that the right is a hotbed of dangerous Christians. They are a threat to democracy. They must be stopped by any means necessary. Jail, violence, censorship. We have to throw out any emergency breaks in our behavior. Conservatives don't believe that. We, we have an emergency break in our behavior. It's God, God-given rights. We can't infringe on others' God-given rights because they're not granted by me or the state. They're granted by God. And that is a violation of our moral code. It's why we call out violence whenever and wherever we see it. And I always have. And I always will. It has been a repeated theme of this show over and over. Once you cross that red line of political violence, there's no turning back. The left knows that's true. It's why the isolated activities of a few people on January 6th have become a national obsession by the media and the left. Because they can't focus on the fact that the real hotbed of violence in this country has been and will always be the left. It's why the Brett Kavanaugh story where a Supreme Court justice was almost murdered by a guy who, according to allegations, said as much what he was looking to do, right? It's why that story was almost nowhere in the media. It was covered with a light touch while they focused on January 6th again. Now, the most disgusting part of this whole thing is the attorney general and the Democrats who are now complicit in this. Folks, I'm telling you now, mark the date, Friday, June 10th, Joe, 932. I'm telling you right now, this is, you may have marked it already, but we may be a double mark. Not flag it. This flag is it. going, thank you. This is going to get, we're be a double flag. This is going to get worse. There is no emergency break on the left's behavior. None. They don't believe in God-given rights. The idea of killing a Supreme Court justice they're not Democrats. I'm talking about crazed leftists. Is they talked about it on social media. The fact that Nancy Pelosi will not advance this bill to give these Supreme Court justices protection in light of just what happened is one of the most grotesque, disgusting abominations I have ever seen come out of Capitol Hill. And the Democrats, Pelosi and the attorney general are complicit in the growing threat to the families and the Supreme Court justices. I use those terms deliberately, and I am doubling down. They are complicit in this. There is a bill to protect them. Pelosi is stopping it. Why? Figure it out. I'll give you a second. You know, smartest audience in the business. Because if Nancy Pelosi signs a bill and it makes it into the media, 
that Supreme Court justices need protection because Roe may be overturned. It'll advance the real story that violence is on the left and that they cause a real danger. Don't doubt me, hat tip Rush Limbaugh, for a second. Nancy Pelosi does not give a damn about the threat to them. She knows if she puts that bill on the floor, every Democrat will have to get on the record voting for the fact that Supreme Court justices are in danger because of the violent left. Bank on it. Cash the check. Spend the money. Now, there's a little bit of irony here that no one in the media caught on to. My crew here did after a little poking and prodding. Pelosi said something so ridiculous and offensive yesterday. It's disgusting, even by Pelosi standards. She's asked by a reporter at this uh, little mini presser here. She's walking off stage. Hey, there was just a threat to their lives. Like, why aren't you pushing this bill to protect them? I don't understand. Please, folks, watch this on Rumble. You'll hear the audio. It's not great. It's not Joe's fault. It's just she was walking off stage. They did the best they could. Basically, what Pelosi says, if you can't hear it, is, oh, they're all safe. They don't need to worry, basically. But please watch this on Rumble because there's something everybody missed as she walks off stage. Everybody missed it. Showing you the hypocrisy of how awful of a woman this person is. Watch. The justices are protected. You saw the attorney general even double down on that. But this is about security for the justices. An armed man showed up near Justice Kavanaugh's house to try to... We're working together on the bill that the Senate will be able to approve of. Did you catch it? Did you catch the end of that? That's why I cut it where I cut it. You're like, why'd you cut the audio in that spot? It's weird. What, did Joe screw up? No, it's not Joe. I told Joe to cut it exactly there. Did you look off her right shoulder? Who's that woman sitting there in the doorway? What's she doing? Now, listen, I only did this for 12 years of my life. Executive protection, the Secret Service. That woman appears to me, and I'd be willing to bet my, uh, bet a couple hundred thousand dollars on it. That woman appears to me to be a uh, protection agent from the Capitol Hill Police for Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is walking off stage into the secure envelope provided to her by the Capitol Hill Police. While we don't know, at least in the last 48 hours of a threat to her life, we don't know anything about that. And there may or may not have been, we haven't heard anything. She's walking off stage into an envelope of security while simultaneously refusing to provide the security they need for Supreme Court justices, who one of them who literally had an attempted murderer show up at his house with a firearm. It's weird how nobody caught that. Look at it again. Now, security for them is great. Pelosi lives in a secure bubble envelope, right? But they don't really care about you. Again, we're spending time worried about those dangerous threats to democracy, those Christian nationalists. You know, the crime rate, Joe, in churches is through the roof. Yeah. Coming up after this, I want to show you the latest New York City CompStat numbers. Those stand for computer statistics. So remember, while Pelosi, Eric Adams, and Gascon and others, and Chase Bowden, they're safe and secure. They probably have their own security details. While they push their liberal agenda, tell you January 6th and Christians are the biggest threat to you, the actual threat to you goes unnoticed, which is the exploding crime rate in New York. I'll give you the actual numbers. Coming up next, from the New York City's own police department, New York City's own NYPD. I love this show today. This is, I may title this the most important show I've done in a while, although I've done that, but they're new shows, so they become more important. As I said, 
as I says, as my grandmother used to say, as I says, security for uh, them, but security for you out the window. They're concerned about January 6th, the insurrection. And they're concerned about those deadly Christians attacking people everywhere. It's a siege, Joe, a siege of Christians. Here's the NYPD CompStat numbers. CompStat stands for computer statistics. Look at the period there up until about, what, five days ago? Look at the percent changes. Double-digit changes in crime going up. Murder, rape, robbery, assault, burglary. They aggregate it. GLA, you know what GLA is? Grand larceny auto, car thefts. Look at that. It's broken down from transit, housing, pettit larcenies, assaults. MyPD, their own statistics. But let's keep focusing on those deadly, deplorable, smelly Walmart Christian nationalist white seizures. Let's focus on them. That's the real problem. It's definitely a bunch of Christians murdering people in New York City. No doubt about it. Robbing them on the trains. Joe, you've been in New York, right, in the past 20 years? Did you, when you were on the train, did you see those Christians coming on? The crosses, robbing people, mugging them? You haven't seen them? No. They're all over the place. Deadly gangs of Christians everywhere. We need Batman. We need, like, the bat signal to get rid of all those dangerous Christians. They're all over the place. Yeah, please. Please do. Just for your sake. I don't want to see you come back, Kurt. I mean, I'm doing it for you because I'm that kind of guy. (laughs) All right. Um, Just a final note here before we get to questions. Uh, Tom Massey. Final note because it's a show post uh, the January 6th debacle hearing last night, which was a, a huge flop for the Democrats. They got nothing out of that. I have a feeling it's going to not only they get nothing out of it, I have a feeling it's going to backfire in their faces as inflation explodes, crime explodes, and they're like, Insurrection, Christian, insurrection. You just keep doing that, Dems. It's a great, it's a great plan. I want to go back to this video from Tom Massey, who is a terrific congressman who I really like, stands by his principles. He questioned Merrick Garland. This is kind of a thing that didn't come up. It was weird, Joe, last night at the January 6th insurrection primetime movie. Hmm. Um, this didn't really come up. But Tom Massey asked uh, Merrick Garland, our gyno, attorney general in name only a while back, asked him a pretty simple question. Hey, that whole January 6th thing, you know, there's a lot of suspicious activity going on there. Were there any federal agents or federal assets involved that day? Notice Merrick Garland, we don't talk about ongoing cases. Of course, unless the ongoing case impacts Donald Trump, then we'll leak everything out we can. Notice how nobody seems to want to answer that question. Were there any federal agents or assets involved? Here, listen to the Againo yourself. Listen to the ducking and then the diving here. Check this out. So as I... Um uh, said at the outset, uh, one of the norms of the Justice Department is to not comment on impending investigations and particularly not to comment about uh, particular scenes or particular individuals. This okay, without, I, I was hoping today to give you an opportunity to put to rest the concerns that people have that there were federal agents or assets of the federal government present on January 5th and January 6th. Can you tell us, without talking about particular incidents or particular videos, how many agents or assets of the federal government were present on January 6th, whether they agitated to go into the Capitol, and if any of them did? So I'm not going to violate this norm of, uh, of, of uh, the rule of law. I'm not going to comment on an investigation that's ongoing. Which is weird because if it was a uh, anti-Donald Trump uh, narrative, it would leak out of the DOJ like a sib. But strange how no one, that's a pretty simple answer, don't you think, Joe? Any federal assets yeah. involved, federal agents? No, no, it's not hard, right? Nope. Kind of makes me wonder. Maybe we'll cover that. Let's try to get mad. I'm going to try to get Massey on my Fox show uh, Saturday, tomorrow night. Let's try to do that. Let's, uh, send something to my producer right there. All right. It's time for questions for Dan. 
This is from JM Brewer 413. Dan, I'm trying to increase my presence on social media platforms, Rumble and TikTok with mostly spiritual political videos, and then would eventually like to get into podcasting. What is your advice for branding yourself properly and how to get the most interaction out of your videos? Wow, Joe, this is kind of a twofer. I think me and you could both yeah. say, tell me if you think I'm wrong. Well, number one on the branding side, I think one of the mistakes Joe and I made from the beginning is we branded the show originally Renegade Republican. It was a huge mistake. Brand yourself via your name. It's your greatest brand of all. Why? Because it's attached to you. Yep. So you better have something with your darn name in it. And it better be prominently displayed. You know who told me that? A chiropractor. He's like, ah, I don't like the name of your show. He's like, I like you. I don't care about renegade Republicans. You should name it Dan Bongino Show because it's your show. And we changed it. Um, how to get the most interaction out of your videos. Listen, I'm not going to give you generic to be authentic, all this stuff. Listen, you want the hard truth because that's what we do on this show. Breaking into podcasting now. Joe and I did it eight years ago where the competition was thin. I mean, I, I think we have a good show. Don't get me wrong. I think we would have succeeded regardless. Or else I wouldn't be in this, but I'm not stupid enough to believe that we didn't benefit from a paucity of competition. It was basically us, Ben Shapiro, Crowder, and Adam Carolla. That was it. Now everyone and their mother has a podcast. I would say, number one, yes, of course, be authentic, but that's generic crap you can get anywhere in a self-help book. But you better produce content that has a perspective on issues that no one else has. And people start talking about it on things like Reddit and other columns. That's the only way. And for us, wouldn't you agree, Joe, it's probably Spygate? Yeah. We had a perspective no one else had because we had a source. So that's my best advice for you. And brand it using your name. Uh, at Bubba Dex, Bubba Dex, what are your three most frustrating liberal talking points of the last year? If you have time, why are they the most frustrating? All right, I'll make it quick. Um, not forget about the last year. My three most frustrating liberal talking points of all time are that um, the government can spend your money better than you can. There's no evidence of that whatsoever. When you cut taxes, you actually get higher tax revenue most of the time because the economy grows because people can spend their money better than the government. Second talking point. Uh, that I hate the most is liberals insisting that government run healthcare is not rationed. That is fake. That it, it, that's impossible. There are only two ways to allocate resources, a doctor's time and medicine, only two. You can price them or ration them. So if you want to get rid of capitalism in the price system, then just be honest with people and tell them you're going to ration them. If you could tell me a third way to allocate medicine, I'd love to hear it. There isn't. They're just not honest with people. The third talking point that I hate the most with liberals is that uh, you know, school choice drains money from public schools. Um, it doesn't. It drains students from failing, failing public schools because they don't want to be in failing public schools. The, uh, for, we have, I've had a 400% increase inflation adjusted since I've been born in federal, state, local education funding. That's total BS. Hey, Dan, at Freedom Junkie, you believe the division in this country will end peacefully in the future. I don't see it happening. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, Freedom Junkie, if these attacks on Christian nationalists continue of being an existential threat to democracy, I think you're going to see more Kavanaugh incidents going forward. I just said in the beginning of the show, I'm not optimistic either, but I know we'll come back from it all. And nonviolence is the only path. I can't say that enough. Hey, Dan, D kind four. Getting ready to vote in Colorado's primary. You mentioned in the past a website where you go to get honest information on the candidates. Can we get the information again, please? Conservative Review has a Liberty score. Liberty score at Conservative Review. Go there. It is the best judge of candidates out there. Now, I'm not sure they're going to have your local candidates on there, but federal candidates, they've got all of them. And you'll see who the all hat and no cattle guys are. We have a couple of them as, uh, you know, 
people I've worked with in the past who are like, yeah, big conservative. And you go check their Liberty score. It's like a two. So don't get into the people who say they're conservatives, people who vote conservatives, which matters to me. Hey, Dan, at Jack Tron, how, how can you get people who don't care about politics to understand this? I'm reading it as it is, folks. Understand the seriousness of what's happening now without looking like a complete right-wing nut. My dad says, it's now all I talk about. And when I do, I just regurgitate what you say. What do you say to that? I say, uh, listen, folks, I have a simple question for you. People say to me all the time, Dan, I don't know if I want to do politics anymore. I don't want to lose friends. I go, okay, you want to lose your country? No, I don't want to lose my country. Okay, well, life is full of hard choices. Uh, and I'm not here for the flowery talk. I'm here for the truth. You want to save your country and you really believe in what we're doing, then you'll talk about it all the time. Simple as that. Even if you lose, gosh, I've lost quite a few. And I'm perfectly content with that because I know my resume when I go in front of the almighty, it's going to have a fight in it. Hey, Dan, Darren Jr. 81. If you could interview anyone alive or dead, who would it be and why? I already answered this one. Who is it? Thomas Sowell. Yep. He's still alive. I'm dying to get him on my show. But he's, you know, he's busy. He's not, you know, he's in his 90s, Thomas Sowell. He's hard to get. Uh, but Thomas Sowell is my ideological lodestar. I love the man. Never met him, but I love the man. And the essence of the word, love the man. I would love to get Thomas Sowell on my show. Uh, next question. Dan, Turbo1358, do any of your liberal listeners ever admit you're right and move to conservative views? All the time. All the time. Probably one or two emails, four or five Facebook messages, and three or four tweets a week from liberals saying that, hey, yeah, yeah, I've kind of seen the light here. You're right about that. Yes, it happens all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. Those are just the people who tell us. It's probably a whole lot more. So, um, hey, Dan, at Kimberly Yay King. I've been listening to your podcast for years. Love your viewpoints. My question, how do you juggle all you do and you're there for your girls? You have a beautiful family. I'm looking going back to work. So any advice is helpful. Uh, listen, man, it's not hard. I mean, last night I did, I got up yesterday at 5.30, podcast, radio show, Fox meeting, business meeting about parallel economy, to the gym, get squat day at the gym, even worse, get out of the gym at five o'clock, big, huge rainstorm here, came home, take a shower, cut my hair from a... Sat down, finally ate, 7 o'clock, watched a little bit of the Ranger game, went to sleep. Discipline. Again, you want the easy answer? Oh, it's easy. You want the right answer? It's not easy. It sucks, but it's worth it. The real path to happiness is through suffering. Bernard Malamud said, hey, Dan, Ryan Phillips, what should a husband do if he's married to a vote blue no matter what wife? Next question. Staying away from that one completely. You're going to have to figure <laughs> that one out on your own. I did put it in there on purpose. Though. Hey, Dan, what is a woman? It's an adult human female. Is that Microwave Jones? Thank you. Next question. You often talk about modifying your workout as you've aged. Besides eating healthy, do you have any advice on supplements? Um, I do. I, well, I love Field of Greens. I just had a commercial. I'm not, I take it. It's not just, they're just sponsors. They've been with me from the beginning. I have tons of sponsors for nutrition products. I want to get in my show. Um, but collagen, collagen, collagen. I'm not your doctor. Check with your doctor first. You know, that whole thing. I mean, you do your thing. You're asking me what I do. Collagen saved my life. I have really horrendous arthritis. My, I mean, my skin was suffering, everything. Ever since I started taking collagen peptides, my life has completely changed. Brickhouse Nutrition has those too, by the way. And in my opinion, it's the best collagen supplement out there. So it's a real question. Make that up. It's not some plug. They didn't pay for that. But collagen changed my life. 
my joints are still not that mobile, but I am, I've been almost completely out of pain. It takes a while though. It's not an overnight fix. I'm going to warn you. It takes a few months and it's cumulative. Over the years, you'll be like, my gosh, my joints really do. My skin looks amazing too. So when my wife looks like she's 18 years old and she's going to be 47. She'll probably kill me for telling you that, but she does. She looks like she's like 18. All right. Thanks again for tuning in. Don't miss my show unfiltered tomorrow night. We've got a segment, an eye-opening segment on what George Soros is really up to on the, on the Fox show. I've also got a Top Gun pilot what, about the movie. What, no spoilers, but what was real about the movie? What was fake? And a killer opening monologue you're going to love tomorrow night, Saturday at 9 p.m. I'll see you there. See you on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.